always dangerous when I get out a flip chart. But we're ready to go. Um, preaching today, uh, we have a kind of a full service. We're going to hear some testimonies from church members. And so um, I just wanted to do a little thing to sort of set the stage for the series that we're starting. We're starting a, a series around this book called uh, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And the quote comes from a writer named Dallas Willard. And Dallas Willard was a philosophy professor, but, but he wrote a lot about spiritual formation and the spiritual disciplines, how to grow in your faith. And he mentored a man named John Ortberg, who's also a, uh, a Presbyterian minister and writer and speaker in his own right. So there was a time when John was talking to Dallas about, uh, about uh, spiritual things. And he said, well, what do I need to do to become the me I want to be? What do I got to do to become the me I want to be? And Dallas answered after a long pause that Dallas was sort of known for, that you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And John Ortberg said, okay, all right, I got that. Well, what else is there? And Dallas said, there's nothing else. This is his quote. Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. Now we're going to be spending the next five weeks after this talking about how to eliminate hurry from your life and the great enemy that hurry is to your spiritual life. But I thought what I would do to start off is actually try to define What do we mean when we say a spiritual life? What do we mean when we say a a spiritual life? What is your life as a Christian supposed to look like? And the image that the Bible gives for your spiritual life is actually pretty consistent. The metaphor is that of a plant. If we go all the way back to Genesis again, how how is humanity created? They're hand formed from the dirt. They're part of this earth and then they're sort of planted where? In a garden. So they're almost meant to be like plants in the garden. Psalm 1 tells us that the wise man is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. So the psalmist says, you know what people are? They're like plants. They're like trees that God plants near water so that they can have nutrients so that they can be green in all seasons and they can bear fruit. Or actually this summer we looked at this passage in John 15 where Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may be more, bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the world, word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me. And I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So in Jesus' view, we're all part of a vine. He's the main shoot of the vine, but we're like branches. And we're supposed to abide in the vine. Okay, we're supposed to stay connected to that vine. And uh, when I preached this a few weeks back, I made the point that abiding is not a passive verb. Okay, and sometimes it gets translated remain, but I don't like that word. Remain kind of just like, okay, I'm going to stay put in the vine. 
No, to actively abide is to latch on, to get in there, to hook in, to actually actively work to hang on in the vine so that you are receiving the nutrients of the vine and that God prunes us. Paul also loves these these plant metaphors. In Romans 7, he says, Likewise, my brothers, you also have died to the law through the body of Christ so that you may belong to one another, to him who has been raised from the dead, in order that we may bear fruit for God. Or Paul later says in Galatians that there are particular fruits that the Spirit should grow in us. Like if you want to know if the Spirit's growing in you, here's some fruit we should see. What are they? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So we're all plants, everybody. We are all plants that are meant to be uh, meant, meant to grow fruit. We're meant to grow. We're meant to be uh, connected in some way. So I want to draw this for you, and I want to spell this out a little bit. I came across this in a book by A.J. Sherrill called The Enneagram for Spiritual Formation. And I think it's just a great way to think about your spiritual life. I think you should think about your life having four elements. And I'm going to attempt to draw these elements. Okay? This is not my forte. Okay? But... For people to grow, one of the things people have to have is roots. Okay, you have to have roots. For a tree to grow, it has to have lots of roots, and the roots have to spread out. They have to be deep in the ground. And for you as a Christian, your roots is your identity. It's who you are in Christ. That you are loved by God. You are made in the image of God. You are forgiven by God. Jesus died on the cross for you. This is all your identity. I'm sorry, the only thing worse than my drawing is my handwriting. So you're going to have to just deal, but you can kind of follow along. Okay? So who you are in Christ, that is your ultimate identity. You are to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You're a spiritual being. So you're supposed to be abiding in who you are in Christ. Okay, the second part of who you are is a trunk. You're a trunk of a tree. And the tree is really, the trunk is really your personality. We all have the same identity in Christ. That we are forgiven and we are loved. But you are a unique individual in Christ. Okay? You are a unique person. You have experiences. You have gifts. You have passions. You have personality. God made you unique. And so what's supposed to happen is your identity as Christ is supposed to form into the person that you are, your passions, your temperament, your quirks. And a lot of times if you, if you, if you read our, uh, the spiritual teachers of the Christian faith, guys like Thomas Merton would often talk about being your true self. The part of what happens is the more you live into Christ, the more you are who you are meant to be, the more unique you are. Okay, that's your trunk. The branches are your growth. Okay, that you in your life are supposed to grow branches. You're supposed to become something else. You're supposed to mature and learn. Okay, you are supposed to have some growth on this tree. You don't stay the same, but you mature. You grow. 
You live into the opportunities that God puts in front of you so that you what? What's the fourth part? It's the fruit. Okay? You bear fruit so that this stuff that happens in your life becomes fruit. There are results to your spiritual life. Okay? So that how this is supposed to work. Okay? When you are growing as a Christian, as you are rooted in Christ and in your identity in Christ, and it shines through your own person, your personality, the person uniquely that God made you to be, so that you grow and you try new things and you get creative and you start new enterprises so that you bear fruit in this world, world results, deeds, attitudes, impact on others. Okay, what you really do is you persuade... You, you produce sweetness and nourishment for the rest of the world because of the way you live your life. Everybody kind of see how this works? Okay, this is how it's supposed to work. And so what the, what the church would do is it would develop ways to help you root. Okay, they call them spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices. What they said is we need to figure out how to get our identity really formed in Christ so that Christ can work through us so we can develop fruit. Okay? And so the church had ways to do this. What are some of the ways that, that we root ourselves? Bible study. What's that? Sunday school. Communion. Yeah, sacraments. Prayer. Okay? And actually, so part of what I'll tell you is what the, what the church has always understood is that what we do on Sunday morning is only really good nourishment when you're a young Christian. The part of what you have to do if you really want to mature in your faith is, is uh, abide throughout the rest of the week. Okay, I said this in my abiding sermon a couple weeks ago. If the only abiding in the vine you do is an hour a week at church, you're not abiding in the vine, you're visiting the vine. Okay, if you're actually going to live out of the vine, it's not an hour a week, especially if you skip some stuff or if you fall asleep during church. Okay? Your life is about connecting deep in. And so we found these practices. Here's some other ones. Fasting, contemplation, silence, solitude, devotions, retreats, pilgrimages. All these different ways that Christians thought we're going to get our lives connected to Christ. We're going to dig our roots deep. Why? Because if I have no roots, I can't grow. Eventually I'll tip over. If I have no roots, I can't get fruit. Because I'm not getting the nutrients for the fruits out of my roots. So the church developed these ways so that you could develop this deep root system. Now, here's the challenge. I think we're, we have a lot of Christians running around today that are pretty rootless. Okay, I think we have a lot of Christians that really don't have a good root system. They don't, they don't know their Bible. Okay, they don't, they're not spending any time in the Word. They pray, but it's only for grace. Okay? They, they don't even know some of these spiritual disciplines. And, and I think in some ways the American church in particular, the Western church, has, has kind of created this. Where we haven't always taught people that they need these things. And we haven't always taught people how to do these things. So how do you pray? How do you read your Bible? How do you develop a deep spiritual life? See, we, we haven't always done a good job in the church in the West at helping people to do this. And then we wonder why we're rootless. We wonder why we easily tip over. A lot of people, a lot of church, 
But church people are pretty illiterate, uh, biblically illiterate. They don't know the Bible. They, they don't know what it is to pray. One of the ways to know if you have really shallow roots is if you start, it, it, number one, if you get easily tipped over. Okay, if you got a shallow, you ever had a tree in your yard that has bad roots, rotten roots, and then a storm comes and tips it over? Yeah, I know a lot of people who, who get tipped over really easily. They get angry about any change. They, uh, they uh, get frustrated. When they get bad news from a doctor, they immediately tip over. Okay? When COVID happened, a whole bunch of trees fell over and lives fell apart. I've talked to a lot of people that lose their faith. They say, I'm not a Christian anymore. I thought, well, how deep were your roots in the first place? That when something bad happens, you, you get so easily knocked over. Another sign of rootlessness is when we start to lose our personhood. Okay, when we start to lose our identity and who we are in Christ. I'm amazed how many people are not real self-aware of who they are, what their gifts are, what they're good at, what they're passionate about. People don't even know themselves. Because they don't have a firm identity in Christ. They don't know how to be confident in the person God made them to be. Or here's the other thing I see. This is happening a lot in our culture. Where what people are doing is they're inserting personality for their identity. So I am my political views. I am my political party. I am my race. I am my gender. I am my pronoun. I am all these, these traits that God made for you to have become your identity because you don't have your roots in Christ. You, you just sub in things that shouldn't be roots for, for roots. Shallow roots lead to a truncated tree, which leads, which leads to a truncated trunk, which leads to a lack of growth. We have so many spiritually immature people in church, right? We're not maturing. We get upset. We talk behind each other's backs, right? You see this all over the place. And because of that, we're not growing. And then we have poor fruit. If the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, faith, how many of you think churches are described in this culture as loving, joyful, peaceful places? How many Christians are known for their gentleness and their self-control, right? Do we see fruit of the Spirit in our lives? I would say a lot of times, no, because we don't have a solid root system. So what's wrong? Well, some of it may be expectations. We haven't taught people that they need a deep root system. We haven't encouraged them to have a root. We haven't taught them how to develop your root system. But the more and more I think about it, the more and more I think Dallas Willard is right. The more and more I think a big problem, a big enemy to having a deep spiritual life that leads to this process is time. This takes time. The fact that it's a plant metaphor should assume it takes time, right? You can't plant a sapling and then next week eat the apples. It takes time to develop a root system. It takes time for your spirituality to grow. You got to work on it. You got to. There's a reason they were called spiritual disciplines. You have to discipline yourself and work at it. They take time, and we are often just in too big of a hurry to put down our deep roots in our spiritual life. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I think Dallas Willard is on to something. I think part of our problem is we don't have a deep spiritual life, and it's because we rush. We hurry. We, can't, we don't make the time for it. If we have the time for it, we don't have the energy for it or the focus for it. 
Something's got to give, everybody. Something's got to give. And in, in the post-COVID world, it felt like, well, okay, we're just going to get through COVID and then things will kind of slow down. Well, have they? <laughs> have they slowed down? If you're waiting for the world to slow down, it hasn't. It's not going to. You have to slow down. You have to slow down and start putting roots that are deeper so that your spiritual life will grow. This is where we need to be as Christians. This is where we need to be as a church. And sometimes, this is the unfortunate thing, and I'm guilty of this, sometimes the church just adds to the hurry instead of slowing down to really help build the roots. we got to be people that are a little slower. How many of you feel like we should just be a slow church? That kind of describes some of us pretty well, actually. Let's be a slow church. Let's be a simple church. Let's be people of the roots. I'm more and more convinced that, and it's why I'm so excited about this series, that, that the answer to being rootless is to be ruthless in our elimination of hurry. I think Dallas Willard is right. The answer to the rootlessness is to be ruthless in eliminating the hurry that so often keeps us from tending to our spiritual life. Tending to your spiritual life on a Sunday morning is not enough. You have to learn to grow. You've got to deepen your roots we need to be people that slow down enough to have those deep roots. So that's what we're going to be unpacking over the next few weeks. And that's what the book is all about. And the Sunday school curriculum is all about. We're going to be talking about how do you slow down to start to really develop a spiritual life. But I thought before we got into that, it might be helpful just to lay out what a spiritual life is supposed to look like. So my prayer for you is that you would be rooted that you would do the work of actively pushing your roots down into who you are in Christ. So that you can be more uniquely who God made you to be. Right? It's not that you lose your identity. You actually become more the unique, weird person God made you to be. So that we grow and mature and so that we can bear fruit. I think it's going to be a really important topic. I think it's going to be an important series I'm praying that God will go with us and grow us on the journey. Let's pray. Lord, give us a sense of your will and your purpose. Help us to dig in, to put our roots deep. Draw us into you that we may bear fruit in this world. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.